Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. We are here for the FF Expo at home. Draft night in, because draft night out is happening at the actual Expo right now. So we are coordinating and meshing with them. I think I just made up a word, but who cares? So we have eight or nine panelists. We're missing somebody. He dropped off maybe because his computer was uh dead but we will see him here shortly but we've got eight guests some of them you know from last night some of them are new so um i'm gonna go through and introduce them real quick uh we've got matt mccarthy at matt thoughtical one we have Howdy. jay Christensen at jc underscore dff we have matt kelly at that matt kelly we've got everin ritter at ev underscore rit three we've got joel segrist ff new to the party today We've got Craig Ree, Roto Heat Craig. If you've seen a GIF with your face on it, it's probably because of Craig. And then we've got Burner of Stone. And there is our beautiful ninth panelist, Mr. Bo McBigtime himself, Hotbox Batch. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Or today, whatever. All the great things. Awesome. Draft night, afternoon, morning, in. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually I'm trying to set up the uh, all the the tweets to get the people in here to watch. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Matt, Dude, Joel, work, Matt, Craig, Clayton, Bo, you're all new. Um, so, starting with uh, Matt Kelly, tell us where people can find you um, and uh, plug anything you're working on. And yeah, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having us on and uh, my buddy down there below me, Burner of Stone, Clayton Stoneburner. He is my co uh, co host over on the Pickazan Fantasy Football Podcast. Got our nice little logo going on there in the background. Uh, we're doing two weeks right now. Every Monday is mock draft Monday for us in the month of August, and then Fridays we're going through uh, we're going through values, our all in players, players we're folding on, that kind of thing. So uh, that's what's taking place, and you can find us over at the Pickazan Fantasy Football Podcast. Very nice. Mr. Joel Segrist, how you doing today? And where can people find you and what you're working on? Yeah, I'm doing great. So I can be found on Twitter at Joel Segrist FF. Um, yeah, I don't actually do any writing right now, but I build websites for fantasy football creators. So if you're interested, yes. hit me up and shoot me a DM. Yes, you do. I've seen two of your products uh, personally with Dominate FFs and mm -hmm. the Fantasy Wildcard. Both well done. Yep. Thank you, Troy King, Eric Moody. I've worked with a lot of cool people. Love it. All right, Craig. Where can people find yeah. you? What's working on? How you doing? You got I'm... five kids, so you're probably <laughs> tired all the time. Yeah, I'm not working on any more of those, thankfully. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm an IDP content creator mainly. Uh, do that over at Roto Heat, and then recently I started hosting a Tuesday night IDP show with Getting Defensive. Um, so do that and do some writing, all that sort of fun stuff in between taking care of the kids and work. So thanks for having me on. And making gifts of my face. That's true. That's a lot faster. So. <laughs> all right, Mr. Burner of Stone, Clayton Stone. Burner, how you doing today? And where can people find you? And what are you working on, sir? Hey, gal. He yeah, I think out. he dropped off. <laughs> he just disappeared. <laughs> I was looking at Twitter. Let's get him back in the stream. Clayton. I'm back, man. <laughs> Dealing with some new internet issues, man, but you can see me clearly. At least I hope you can. So it's it's upgrade over the DSL I had last week. Uh, 
You can find me on Twitter at Burner of Stone. Uh, like my partner up there, Matt Kelly, said, we are the Pick is in Fantasy Football Podcast. You can also find episodes of Faces of Fantasy kind of in a hiatus right now, kind of some things going on. Uh, hope to resume soon. Probably slow down during the season. It's going to be kind of harder to get guests. But, uh, yeah, and you can find us on the Wrestling Matt Podcast. Uh, you know, we've been on a few episodes of that as well. So I love your accent. Where are you from? Please tell me. <laughs> I'm I'm from South Texas, right oh, around the Victoria yeah. <laughs> area. So I I reside in Mountain Home, Idaho now, though. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, you don't know where that is, but that sounds fantastic. Wherever you're speaking it, so <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Bo Mick, big time. You are big yeah. time. Where can people find you? What are you working on? And please plug your hot sauce because it's flipping fantastic. Oh, thank so you. Bo underscore Mick Big Time on Twitter. Uh, big Time Flavor underscore for my Instagram food pornography page. It's filthy, not safe for work content. Um, it's also the home of my uh, food company that I created last year that's really taken off thanks to the fantasy football community. Uh, that's uh, bigtimeflavor.co, home of the world's most deliciously intense condiment, hot box gourmet hot sauce. Uh, get that along with four different seasoning blends at bigtimeflavor.co. So, yeah, it's it's mostly that. I mean, that's what I'm working on now. I have Nimble with numbers right here in the house. He's watching the Bears game in the other room. So nice. it's it's if, I, if you hear yelling and crying, it's it's because something happened. And, <laughs> and he's, he's, he's got a lot of emotion built up in him because it's like we have a lot of a lot of things going on. Northern California is blazing hot, so we're not going outside. Dude, I am in Greenville, South Carolina. My wife and I went to a like child's consignment sale this morning and had to park probably a quarter of a mile away from the building. And just the walk to and from the building, we were like, we're not even going grocery shopping this afternoon because of how flipping hot it is. Yeah, it's 69 degrees in my house at all times. Yeah. But even even just climbing the state, yeah, noise. Just climbing the <laughs> stairs for me, it's like I'll change plans. Like if I plan to go somewhere and I and I have to make an extra trip up the stairs, I'll just abandon those plans. That's Absolutely. that's just how it. That's what I'm working on now is is making the stairs not change my day to day plans. <laughs> and achievable goals, Bo. Achievable goals. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so for today. This afternoon, we are doing Draft Night In, and the nine of us, as well as three others, are actually doing a 1QB PPR draft, and it's going to be an actual league. So we'll keep you posted throughout the year on how this league is going. Um, but Matt McCarthy, Methodical, Hi. has his screen to share with us. So we'll pull that up, and then I'll get the draft started. And we'll just kind of chat about draft picks and talk trash to each other and have some fun. So here we go. If anybody looks weird, it's because it's all on one screen for me. I don't have two screens. I'm not fancy enough with that. Uh, so if anything looks weird, I have no idea because the whole everything, the stream yard is like in this little itty bitty window on the side now. So. <laughs> and, you, and you guys gave me the, uh, the 12th pick because I got no... I get no favoritism and I get no advantages. No, you don't. Shocking pick there, Joel. You know, it's between him and Tebow, and I figured I'll wait on tight end. 
Hey, you look, I had to take Evo reach. at 201 in Polly's playoff. Thank you, Fox, for making your donation, which you screwed my team. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was fun. I won't be taking him at two. Well, I don't have the 201, but uh, Matt, don't take him at 201. Matt so I'm on the it. clock. Hey, um, I wouldn't dream of it. You're good. <laughs> he might fall to you. Let's see what happens here. I'm gonna go Derrick Henry. I think he's gonna kill it for redraft. Um, so so far we are through four picks, five picks, and it's just been straight running backs. Um, Dad bod Brett, who was with us last night, took Camara at three. Anybody surprised by that? No, this is full PPR. Uh, this is full PPR, yeah. one QB, uh, no tight end premium, no mega flex, dodeca, ultra extremo. None of those, you know, none of those settings. Everyone uh, at home is aware. There's no uh, craziness to this. So this is this is going to be what like most of your home leagues are going to look like. So if anyone sees anything crazy happens, because they decided to do so. So. Yes, chaos. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and I'm Evan, you it. are on the clock. Come on, Evan. Sorry, dude. I was letting. I was told you I rushed here from work. I was letting the babysitter getting the babysitter taken care of. Sniper, right, no so sniping. You're, you're good. Okay. Sniper, right. no sniping. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right. What do we got? Saquon here. Let's go with my boy who's going to have a huge bounce back year. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, you don't have the like Dallas it. stuff on today. They're the reputed GF2 today, man. Oh, yeah. You said full PPR at work. It's confirmed full PPR? Yes. Correct. Yes. All right. This, is, this, might, this might disappoint some people. And he's got Travis Kelsey. Oh, there oh, it is. Ooh. Once he said, is it full like PPR? I like that. <laughs> Bo hitting yeah. us with the spicy Bo Pacantake pick. Great pick. <laughs> yeah. Great pick. I, I like that a lot for I, I draft 100% on upside, and I believe his upside is 100-plus receptions for 800 yards and five touchdowns just receiving. Yeah. He's one of my. I'm actually happy I didn't have eight because if Eckler went right ahead of me, I would have been mad because Eckler, I think, is one of the best picks that's currently going in the first round for sure. I hate, I hate picking in the middle of the first round because I like either one through three or uh, 11, 12. I want oh. something on the ends for my first round just for preference. And so I, Eckler's the guy I would have picked if he was there at 11 or 12 if I had that pick. So we can I'm trade. Just, you can have my spot. I get to have Eckler and the rest of that. Ooh, the 1.7. Devonte Adams. I love it. Ooh, the first uh, wide receiver. Craig, I believe that. Was Craig. Um, tell us why you're going wide receiver first round. Uh, there's a few reasons. One, I don't like the running back value a whole lot right here. I know there's a lot of Taylor and Chubb believers. Um, Chubb not so much for me in PPR, but also. Um, the fact that living up in Wisconsin and not being a Packer fan, I still get subjugated to dealing with these Packer games constantly. Um, and it gives me some rooting interest in caring how the Packers do. And the fact that I think Rodgers and that team are going to be out to try to prove everyone wrong one last time. So, Yep, I hope you're right as a Packers fan, to be completely honest with you. Um, but, yeah, I like that pick, especially with what you mentioned about the, uh, the running back volume. Then Toby took – Kelsey as the first tight end off the board. We talked a little bit about this last night. Um, anybody have any objections to where Toby got Kelsey? No. No, I that's guess. pretty pretty fine. 
I think it's kind of the perfect spot for him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, into the first round, yep. Yep. And then, Clayton, you took Taylor J. You took Aaron Jones, and I'm assuming this is because it's full PPR, so please explain that pick for me. Yeah, that pushes him up a little bit. It would be between him and Chubb, and I'm looking at the wide receivers too, but I wanted to grab a back there. So yep. I like Aaron Jones this year with Rodgers back. Yep. I like it, Jay. Jones has been one of the most productive backs over the last two years. Yeah, he's, I think he gets he slept on. Yeah, he does. Yep. Uh, Matt McCarthy took Chubb and Diggs. I love that. That's a great one or one twelve two one turn. And then it is back on Jay. Um, Matt, do you see Diggs finishing as the wide receiver one this year? I think there's five guys. You there's a there's an elite five. Uh, if I see any receiver that's not uh, Adams, Diggs, Hopkins, Ridley, or that uh, that Tyree Kill go ahead yeah. of those five, I think it's a mistake. I think it's any one of those guys. Um, Diggs was you know he contributed for like like what thirty three percent of all of the real fancy work that Josh Allen had last year. He was a big part of what that made that offense really click because we had the difference of you finally had a guy who was six foot over in Buffalo. Because Josh yeah. Allen was throwing cannonballs to guys that were under like 5'10. Uh, yeah. Diggs was a, we saw that he is a big playmaker. He is a, an elite receiver. We, he finally got the due diligence. Uh, I was really hoping for like a Taylor Chubb, Nick, uh, Aaron Jones Chubb sort of one, two. Because uh, I think the running backs towards this first round, I think this year they're getting pushed up a little more heavily than they have in, in previous seasons. But I really do like the, the first, what, nine running backs that went. Uh, 10 running backs win in the first round. Those guys all completely make sense. I think that's what yeah. it should kind of be. Yep, yep, yep. Um, all right, Toby, I'm questioning your decision-making here just a little bit, but the first rookie – and you're not here to defend yourself, and I don't really care. <laughs> um, but the first rookie <laughs> off the board is Najee Harris at the two – I can't see that on my, my – Two, four. Two, four. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about that? Which would I think if Matt is right, that makes him the running back eleven. Um, how do you guys feel about that for redraft, uh, Clayton? Since you picked right before him, I'm going to have you answer that first. I, I don't necessarily hate it. Looking at the position he was in, I personally would have gone Gibson over Harris. Uh, Najee's not horrible. He's going to be good, and he's going to get it done. If nothing else, on volume alone. But I'm just a big Antonio Gibson guy, man. I, I love what Craig did there with Adams and Gibson, and I'm, I'm kind of jealous, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's a, a good little stack there right as well. Bo, Calvin Ridley, I love that pick where you got him. I was actually just looking to see if he was still av- available for my pick, and he's not. So, Bo, with Calvin Ridley going as the wide receiver five, um, What's your thought process there? I know you said you draft only on upside, so explain his upside for me. Yeah, and I, I was thinking more of kind of like that implied upside of just having so much volume is he's going to have a, a high floor and a high ceiling, which uh, I think that was kind of the deciding factor over uh, the other wide receivers sitting there still. Um, uh, A.J. Brown going there, and then uh, I'm sure D.K. Metcalf's coming off the board pretty soon. But the over those two and the full PPR for me, it was like I, I, I can expect more like good starting weeks out of Calvin Ridley. 
Yep. If Dad Broad Brett can just take Ryan Tannehill right here, like <laughs> just just to mess up Shane, I would love that. <laughs> I I wasn't I, I wasn't planning on going uh, Tannehill for the the Super Tennessee stack, um, but I did like the one that I did end up with. Um, Evan, you have Zeke and Ceh, and I love that pairing of two guys that I think are going to surprise people and bounce back significantly. What was your thought process when you picked Ceh, and how high of an upside do you think these guys have? I, I mean, I just love the Chiefs' offense, and I don't see, you know, him. He's going to get all the usage. I know a lot of people are on Daryl Williams as a as a late flyer, maybe stealing some work from him. Um, but I think in his second year, you know, Andy Reid is really going to, you know, find ways to get him the ball and his upside is tremendous in that offense. Um, so yeah, I'm looking for a big bounce back from both of the backs I chose. And I like, you know, um, in the early rounds going running back, running back, obviously with the, the, uh, it falls off a cliff as we all know. So, um, I like to secure two backs and, um, especially in PPR, I think they both, you know, have the chance to catch some balls and, um, each have a tremendous upside. So. Yep. I love Joel's pick there with Keenan Allen because um, I think in full PPR, I think he, I think he's the closest you can get to the the elite five. Um, I think in terms of receptions, I think he's probably going to bounce around between, you know, what Diggs, Adams, you know, what Ridley's going to do because they really can have like 185 targets as well. But Keenan Allen, I love what <laughs> he really uh, can, man. <laughs> like Joel Lombardi um, coming over to LA, I think is going to really utilize Allen and Eckler quite a bit there i'm really high on the chargers this year uh, i joel segrets is that has nailed it with this deandre swift pick as well I love, I love i love your pick joel thank you thank you okay yeah. so joel before we address your you we let you address your picks um matt kelly you took jk dobbins and then justin jefferson so you've got the cook jefferson stack like i've got henry and aj brown um does dobbins being paired with a rushing quarterback worry you at all uh, it does to an extent, but if you look at the end of last season, once JK really got involved into the plan uh, from weeks, was it like week 13 on, week four, or excuse me, week 11 on, he was nothing but a running back two or better. Um, I think he's only going to see more and more volume. It's going to be a top five rushing attack once again. I don't see that changing in Baltimore. And with the elite running backs coming off the board this early, I felt like it was a tear break there. And so I've been in on J.K. Dobbins since last season. Grant you, I think he was a bad draft pick last season considering where you had to take him. But I think the volume is going to be there for him this season. Cool. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I really like Dobbins this year. And Lamar doesn't scare me too much to not take him. Okay, Joel, you absolutely nailed your turn um, with Keenan Allen and DeAndre Swift. What was your thought process there? Yeah, so, I mean, Keenan Allen, I think Matt nailed it. I think he is the highest upside outside of the Elite Five because he's going to see, I mean, he's had, like, 98-plus catches, like, the last three seasons, four seasons or something. And, like, this year is not going to be different than that. He's going to get 100-plus receptions. He's going to be, I don't know, probably 1,200 yards at least. And he's going to see the volume that very few receivers in the league see the volume and coming from Herbert. I love that. Uh, and then I wanted another back. And so Swift, like Swift as RB15 is something I'm really excited about. Um, I think it's, I don't really like drafting at one because I think a lot of the good our running backs are gone after McCaffrey. So I was really happy Swift fell to me because I think he's got a lot of upside in PPR. There's nobody else to take the targets from him. So, yeah. Um, 
I, I love that. And that's kind of why Hawk is a guy that I really like this year because it's to me in Detroit, it's Hawk and Swift and then a bunch of unknowns or Tyrell Williams. Or, I'm not worried about Tyrell Williams. Um, so I like that a lot. I went Mahomes at 304. If Mahomes is available for me in a one QB league in the third round, I'm taking that every time. Um, the, maybe late second, but Mahomes in the third just feels like stealing. Um, yeah, that was going to be my pick if you didn't snag him. Yeah, so I, I had to take him there. Um, Evan, you took Terry McLaurin. Bo, you took Kittle. Any worries about Kittle's injuries? No, and, and if I didn't take Ridley in the in the second, I would have gone after a different guy that you guys know I, I really like. Um, but because I already had Ridley and I really don't want to hamstring myself to kind of want to force a reach on Matt Ryan later. Um, yeah. I gave myself a really good option to take over a little bit more of a leverage pick there with Kittle because his upside is tight end one. He's, he's up there at the same level as Travis Kelsey. The volume is still pretty good. Um, he's not going to get 150 targets like Kelsey, but he's going to get 125 to 130. And if you can get that positional advantage at the top of the at the top of something with scarcity, I'm all for it. Um, I never plan for injuries because you never know when they're going to happen and to who. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, Craig. I loved your pick so much that when I saw it pop up on my phone that Allen Robinson went 3-8, I was like, who the hell just made that pick? And then I saw it was you, and I was like, oh, Craig's team's looking real nice. So uh, talk to me about Allen Robinson in the third. He's just been productive throughout his whole career with junket quarterback, and I have faith that at some point Justin Fields is going to take over and be better than most of what he's had, if not all of it, throughout his career. Um, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do with uh, more fantasy-friendly uh, quarterback play. So he's a great receiver, and with a better quarterback, I think the sky's the limit for him even from where he's finished in the past year. I gotcha. If I'm taking along with my picks, it's just because I wanted you guys to get some conversation in because I have the double pick, so I figured I'd just make it a big block. <laughs> I appreciate that, Matt. Um, Clayton, we'll come back to you for your fourth-round pick because I want to talk to Jay about his third-round pick, Travis Etienne at the 311, which makes him the, the, the RB 18, 19, if I'm counting correctly. 19, um, by my count. 19, yeah. That, uh, Chris Carson that I had queued up. Burner ah. burned me there. I had him at the top of my queue. You guys all, I mean, Robinson was up there too, and then – so I jumped him over. I, you know, you get Jacobs and Sanders there. I'm just so lukewarm on those guys that I'm, I'm shooting for some upside with ETN. The PPR helps. I think he's going to get tons of catches there. Um, I like hearing him being moved all over the field and getting involved. If that happens, I think he's solid in this format. So a little risky, but I like the upside. So a little, uh, but I also it. like the upside. So appreciate that. All right, Mr. Stone Burner is not with us currently, um, but he is on the clock. So maybe when he hops back in, we can uh, get that up and running. Um, okay, so so far we're through three rounds. Any picks significantly surprise you? And we're gonna go through the entire panel here. So ah, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Matt, took all that time to you. snipe me again. Man. It's how my cowboy goes. Who does? God. <laughs> Damn it, Clayton. 
Any picks surprise you so far? Yeah, I got the Buffalo Bills stack. You guys let me have the most ridiculous oh, stack that can happen. So thank you. Uh, Josh Allen is going in some people's as their QB1, and Stefan Diggs is competing for QB uh, receiver one. Uh, I did not expect Josh Allen. I don't like taking quarterbacks here. Um, I don't like taking quarterbacks in the third round. I don't like taking quarterbacks this early. There's a tier of six quarterbacks, and I really don't reach for any of them. Uh, but if I have Diggs and Allen is literally sitting there, me passing up would be ridiculous. Uh, Mari Cooper is also my wide receiver 12. This is probably my favorite team I've drafted so far this offseason. Nice. I love it. All right, Jay, any surprise picks for you? Oh, um, damn it. Look at her. I mean, the quarterbacks going sooner is a little surprising just because um, you generally get in with like analysts and things like that, and no one picks any quarterbacks, but yeah. you can't like those are the three top ones for me, too. So, those are the oh, Joe Mixon, you know, what? I want to highlight Joe Mixon because uh, I don't want to yeah, talk about just my own team. Joe Mixon going at 3.9. Um, I understand I like people not liking Joe Mixon because he's been one of the worst points per touch in this range over the last few years, around like 0.78 points per touch over the last three seasons. Um, the only guys who really have around that range have been Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, mostly because they're just carries and not a lot of reception sort of guys. The guys who are actually leading in points per touch were guys like Alvin Kamara, 1.23. 1.19 was Austin Eckler and DeAndre Swift. Receptions matter quite a bit. Their Christian McCaffrey was like 1.18. He also missed most of last year. But mixing at 3.9, you still want to chase volume. Um, overall efficiency is going to be the real difference maker for him. Um, but Mixon, I actually like a lot where Z2 Fantasy got him falling all the way to 3.9 because I think he's a tough back. Yeah, no, I agree too. I considered him at 3-4, but like I said, if Mahomes is there in the third, I'm taking him. Um, and I like him <laughs> way more than I like Mixon, but the, I, I considered him at 3-4. Uh, I considered him at 3-1. I almost went <laughs> Swift and Mixon at T12-3-1. Oh, wow. Um that Matt Kelly, any surprise pick for you so far? Yeah, no, the other Matt basically took it right off my hands. I, I was going to say uh, Joe Mixon as well, uh, you know, there in the third round. every And pretty much every mock draft Monday that Clayton and I have been doing, he's been going, you know, mid-second round, which is a little bit rich for me. But, you know, to Matt's point, if you can get there and chase that volume all the way down in the third round, that's where I get really comfortable with drafting somebody like a Joe Mixon. Yeah, no, I agree completely with that. Um, Evan, you just picked Robert Woods, so explain that pick for me and tell me if you've got any surprise picks so far. Um, with Robert Woods, I really, uh, I think he's going to, um, not that he can take much more of a leap than he already has, but with Stafford, I mean, I think uh, coming off of golf, the Stafford is going to be a huge upgrade for him, obviously. Um, I think him and Cooper Cup are going to thrive in, in that offense. And then with the um, running back with Akers going down, I think they may be uh, inclined to go a little more pass heavy. Um, and, I mean, I just love uh, how Sean McVay can scheme up things for Robert Woods. Um, surprise picks. Uh, the only thing – I may agree with Jay a little bit that, you know, while they are the quarterbacks that we expect to go off, I think it was a little early besides uh, Mahomes for them to start going. Usually you start seeing them in the fifth or sixth round, but um, nothing really surprising, no. Yeah. Uh, Joel. Brett, Lockett was going to fall all the way to me. Why do you got to do that? <laughs> um, so he actually has Metcalf and Lockett. If he doesn't come back with Wilson in the fifth round, I'll be very surprised. Man, I might just take Wilson right here just because like, I'm upset with you. Can Metcalf and Lockett have a good game in like the same Dude. game? 
that's a problem as well because Lockett was his overall points per game looked pretty solid last year, but most that's because of like three or four extremely large performances, right? The second half of the year, the entire Seahawks was a disaster, but then again, they changed out their offensive coordinators because of that. So you had first half of the year where you had, you know, Wilson, uh, Metcalf, and Locker all kind of, you know, all guns blazing and then fell off as a unit, right? So let's see how that actually works out in the, into the second half of the year. Uh, sorry, into, into 2021. But it's interesting. So, Matt Kelly, you're pretty much just, you know, stopping him from taking Wilson here because I don't think he's going to, Wilson should come back to him. It, it could, but it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, and I just uh, just to speak on my pick of the Robert Woods pick, I really yeah. wanted Lamb and Kyle Pitts. Obviously, they both went, and Matt then I Kelly, said I was job. I was battling between you know kind of Woods, Lockett, and Andrews, and I said, you know what, um, I'm going to go with Woods, and I'm going to hope Andrews gets back to me. And obviously, that did not happen. So what what is the Seahawks buy? I need I need to know what their bye week is so we know that's so I can schedule nine. myself for. Uh, <laughs> all right, so week nine, just congratulations to replace Brett because yeah, that's really. such a layup. <laughs> Man, but otherwise, that is such a lethal trio to have. Like, yeah, no, we'll I've never I've Metcalf. never seen that stack before. I will no. maybe for maybe for the first <laughs> half of the season. And, I think with the new offensive coordinator, they're going to be more predictable season long. I think I think Brian Schottenheimer is a mess. I think hiring him to be a passing game coordinator in Jacksonville, the worst decision that I've ever seen made in a professional context. Because he doesn't know anything Urban about the Meyer. passing was, game. He's, it wasn't even Urban Meyer's like fourth worst decision this offseason. I, yeah, I, I okay, Urban Meyer having Daryl Bevel and – Brian Schottenheimer running that offense, the two Seahawks offensive coordinators who both kind of fizzled out with so much talent. I'm like, man, you are not putting yourself in a good position, Jacksonville. But I don't like that coaching staff. I think Jacksonville is going to be the most unpredictable team this year in terms of a week-to-week performance because they still technically like James Robinson quite a bit, and they brought in who they bring in. They brought in Carlos, Carlos Hyde, Hyde on like yeah. a two-year deal. Am I am I correct on that one? Yeah, I, that's right. I am super like unsure of like yes, we have Lawrence. You start with Lawrence, right? Boom, one of the best QB prospects since possibly uh, Andrew Luck, right? But also, let's see what happens with you know Justin Fields and stuff like that, right? But man, I don't really like those receivers because I think it's going to be frustrating week to week seeing what the production is going to be. Uh, so congrats to whoever drafts Jaguars. I'm most likely Damn not it, going to have many outside of Etienne. And even Etienne, <laughs> I'm still unaware of how much receiving work he's actually going to get because that is a skill set. We all kind of know that at this point. That's why you draft him. But, man, it's uh, Jacksonville Fing- scares me. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. I just want to shout out Evan for being a, a total – d-bag with that pick because he just like <laughs> drilled into my head like i was like i was like oh it's four point per passing touchdown i got i got lamar i got lamar he's gonna come back he's gonna come back and he's coming back and then uh, there goes evan <laughs> yeah i usually would take prescott there but i have way too much stock of prescott so i have a lot of both so i was i was okay either way i i, I was i was make, i was gonna make the choice but i was i was locked in right before you picked him with, with Lamar and yeah, that hurts. That hurts. 
If I didn't have Diggs, I prefer Prescott. If I specifically just did not have Diggs, I knew Allen was most likely not going to come back with me being on the at the 12, because you know, thanks, Shane. Um I prefer Dak. Dak is my QB two. Uh and I'm yeah. I'm quite bullish on him, even with you know this MRI news. Uh there's some sort of worry that it might be like a UCL thing, and that's usually a Tommy John situation. So mm-hmm. but that's like it says left muscle, that's saying close to the elbow. It's everyone's. I've heard multiple like conflicting ideas of like what's actually the you know the situation because I've heard the armpit, so it's like how much further up the arm are we going? No, so, it's the yeah. lat muscle that's right here. So when he comes over the top, it catches and it's uncomfortable, and so they're going to shut him down because the only way to get that to recover is just by not doing anything with it. Let's see what so, I got here. Uh, NBA Rig just throwing a couple good questions that I want to pose to you guys while we're still drafting. Um, this one that I've got up, what makes it to the end third round? What's that pathway feasible in a new offense? Um, Jay, you already kind of talked about this since it's uh, your pick, but anyone else want to address that? Yeah, I will. Um, so I took Etienne as my <laughs> in the Scott Fishbowl. Um, and I really like him for this year. I think he's got the the pathway to the receiving upside, which in a PPR league is what I'm looking for. And I mean, they've talked about their lining him up at receiver and in the slot and in the backfield and all those different things. And I think, I think he he's probably going to split backfield work with Robinson. Like, there's even a chance that Robinson gets more carries than him. But Etienne could get 70, 80 targets easy. And I think that, like, as especially where like end of the third round, like. He went as what RB eighteen, nineteen, or something. 19, like, yeah. I think there's there's a lot of really solid upside compared to you look at the guys that went after him, like Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Josh Jacobs. Like, I don't and think my those picks guys... as well. Okay, but your <laughs> picks weren't running backs. <laughs> they are running backs. Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think like the the running backs after Etienne, like there's a big drop off, and I think Etienne has kind of the best receiving upside of anybody left in the draft what if i counter and say i prefer gaskin and davis Statian? like davis Man, you, mike, davis. <laughs> mike davis is needs to stop being thought about in an incorrect way so yes we did it he had finished as a 12 to 12 running back last year based primarily just because of his receiving work receiving work matters way too much in a full ppr format he had 1100 total yards and was a top 12 finish in three and three or four of his games were not even really accounted for because he didn't start because of Christian McCaffrey. So Etienne Davis, you know, we have to look at these guys. So DeAndre Swift moved up rapidly up my draft boards this uh, in this offseason because receiving work matters. David Montgomery, everyone's like, oh, why is everyone ranking so low? Well, it's because David Montgomery last year had 55 receptions, was the fourth in the in the league in receiving work. They added Damian Williams and they added Tariq Cohen back. You know, from you know being injured all of last year. If you think Dave Montgomery, uh, sorry to dad by Brett, he's still a good running back. But if you think his receiving work is that good enough to propel him to being the finish he had last year, because I believe he finished as the RB four in points, you need to really consider that how much receiving work really matters. It matters so much more than carries. Mike Davis, Quadri Olson can go run into the line for you know fourteen times for thirty yards and give you three fancy points. That doesn't matter to me. If Davis catches six balls a game, I love that. Does he get this used the same way there, though? He's in Atlanta now. It's he was in Atlanta. Not, so Atlanta has now. their <laughs> offensive corner offensive corner and head coach use their use their running backs the second and third most of all snaps in 2020 because you have the Tennessee and Chicago coaches coming in to fill those slots, right? If they want to use one back primarily and they use that, Mike Davis is not a, not a runner. That's not his skill set. 
He can catch passes, and he's good at that. He did a very good job trying to be a mimic to Christian McCaffrey last year. Use that. You lose Julio Jones. You gain Kyle Pitts in a rookie, but it's still a rookie, and you have a tight end who's attacking the middle of the field. Linebackers and safeties have to cover Pitts. They have to take care of Hurst if they're going into these big stacked lines. gives you more opportunity for Davis to run free. Davis is being extremely underlooked. Gaskin as well. I think those are two of the cheapest real featured running backs to be seen in the NFL this year. So guys like Etienne, who I do love, I'll have behind those guys because there's still a worrisome outlook to how he can really be effectively used by a coaching staff that I think are all full of morons. Is it fair? Is it fair that I don't like all any of the three? <laughs> that's that's even that that's a fair point because if you're going because like you're grouping the, them at their together. ADP at their ADP, I don't like any of them because Etienne isn't as good of a receiver as people think. So even if he gets the work, there's no guarantee that Urban Meyer is just not going to scrap that as soon as you see how bad his footwork and in, in running different routes is, and his hands aren't that good. He's just got a lot of volume on dump offs last year. Yeah, so I prefer that. Everybody's implying that ETN's a receiving weapon, but he's never shown that he can be one other than a guy who can catch a dump off and make and use his amazing athleticism uh, really well. Uh, but that's at the college level. So we, we really, I'm not, I'm not sold on him at that early of a stage because I mean, obviously his upside is pretty damn good still, but I mean, Mike Davis is not that good at the position. He got a ton of volume when McCaffrey went down. He, he, he basically fell into a paycheck where he was a journeyman he comes in he's sitting behind McCaffrey he's not doing anything McCaffrey goes down boom you're in the most ideal running back situation in the league where you're going to get flooded with touches and we saw how good he was when he was fresh and then he fizzled out he stayed as a running back one because of how well he did initially even if he gets three quarters of that volume I don't know how long he can hold up because he didn't look good and Even that's that point. Volume, the efficiency was terrible. Quadri Olison, I think, is going to be more involved because Javion Hawkins, I think we can start really saying it. But, but Hollison, again, still, I don't see him as a receiving option. So, again, if they want to use Olison to run into the line and take the really negative like points of work for you, because I don't, you don't really want to really hang your hat on guys who are just going to crash into the line and that picks up. You know what? One, two, you know, three fantasy points for you as, over the course of the entire game because it still works for the Falcons. That will be effective for them from an offensive standpoint, but for fantasy, that doesn't mean anything to me. So Davis here going as what, like running back twenty four, because it really matter. Gaskin and Davis took back to back. These are guys that I like, and Gaskin I think is being kind of underlooked because you know when he was used, he was seeing like forty snaps a game, and in offense I think is being the best that you know if two is healthy and the receivers are as best that the Dolphins have had in some time. I think you see a better Dolphins offense than people are giving a lot of credit to. So I, I do like those running backs compared to the rest because I'm kind of out on all the rookies that just went in the, that round. Um, I think they're all in very just upside spots, and I'm not particularly in on them, even though it, it's it's mixy, it's mixed up situations. So it's personally for me. I do like the right, Ronald Jones what? pick. Ronald Jones is great. Let's hear from someone in a while, and that is Mr. Craig Ree. Craig, you were kind of going with an anchor running back strategy. Do you typically use that? And please, like, I love your wide receivers, so please tell me your thought process on why you're taking those guys. Yeah, it was just sort of looking at, you know, Claypool, I think, even though this is PPR and Johnson's going to have a much bigger impact than I think some people think. I think the drops thing is overrated. Claypool is the top guy in Pittsburgh to me, so I like getting him there as my number three. And then I think Odell, 
Um, you know, he's a guy that has proven it before. He's clearly got a chip on his shoulder, and I think that's going to be a more improved offense in the passing game than what they've had in the past couple of years with him. I think he's healthy and he has something to prove. So if I'm able to get him as my wide receiver four and redraft, I'm loving that. And it's just this isn't I don't have a normal class as I try to redraft, let uh the draft sort of dictate how I'm going and I try to not necessarily be on the end of a trend or even start one, just, you know, jump in the middle where I feel comfortable value is. And that's just how it played out so far. Gotcha. Um, Clayton, you are with us. Um, you took CD lamb and then Jamar chase. As your wide receivers two and three, I loved that, and I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody cursed you, right when you took CD Lamb. So, talk to us about those guys and and why, how high do you think Chase is doing it? And I don't know why my pick is not coming through. Yeah, I mean with with CD, I think the upside there is obvious. Uh, you've got the the injury, you know, no matter how severe it is to Amari. I, I just think that you know, like most people do, that this year he's really gonna he's really gonna show that upside. He's really gonna get out there and and do some damage for that Dallas offense. And uh, the Jamar Chase pick was would have been Brandon Ayuk. However, <laughs> uh, however, Jay felt the need to take him one pick ahead of me, and uh, yep. I think that I think I could call that a, a snipe for sure. Um, you know, for me with T Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Jamar Chase, they're all kind of that same range, and I'm happy to get any one of them, especially in the sixth round, but Jamar chase, you know, that, that upside is definitely there. And as much as I, I do kind of prefer T Higgins this year in redraft, uh, I, I think chase is going to do plenty. Yeah, I agree. So NBA rigs throws a good question. Why is Edmonds value dropping? Would he have a career year? I, I'm not touching that Arizona backfield. I don't know about you guys. Damn. Um, it's just gross. Like Edmonds is a good pass catching back. But that's about it. He does not run well between the tackles. And James Conner, to me, is just hurt um, too often to rely upon, um, even as a third option in, in your fantasy team. Um, I joked last night, um, and I've actually been saying this for a little while, that Rondell Moore is the best running back on that team. Um, so what? Not Kyler Murray? <laughs> throw this to Evan and Joel. Um, what do you guys think about Chase Edmonds and his value? Yeah, I actually, I actually really like Chase Edmonds. I've been ending up with Edmonds on most of my rosters this offseason uh, because I think he's got the receiving upside. I think he's going to be kind of that, like, I mean, he's going to be the safety valve out of the backfield. Like, he's going to get the targets. He's going to get the the touches that way. And on a full PPR format, like, I was just looking at Dad Bod Brett's team and, like, Chase Edmonds is a great pick. Antonio Brown was a great pick. Tyler Lockett was a great pick. DK Metcalf was a great pick. Like all of those guys are players that I wanted. And Chase Edmonds, like among that, I think has, I mean, there's obviously limits to it, right? Like there's some risk baked, in, baked into it. He's not a between the tackles runner. He's not going to get like great goal line work. He, he never has gotten great goal line work. Like I think that's going to be James Conner's role or Kyler Murray's, frankly. Uh, there certainly are limitations to what Chase Edmonds can do. But I think like in in the range that he's going, he's the type of back that I think has a good a good chance to hit because of the receiving volume. Oh, guys, before we go to Evan, we we effed up. We let Craig get the Rodgers and Adams stack. 
And not only did we let him do that, we let him do that six rounds apart from each other. Craig, <laughs> you bastard. Great well, he, uh, he fell into a good spot because the five teams before him all had QBs already. That's really yep. the thing. Yeah. Yep. Let's bow one at two QBs. <laughs> Evan, um, what do you think about Chase Edmonds' value? Uh, where you can get him, um, I mean, he's he's going to be, I mean, at least the start, unless James Conner's, you know, James Conner ends up taking the role from him, which I don't personally see happening, um, unless he can somehow stay healthy all year. Um, I mean, where you can get him, I think he's he's a, a really good value uh, in that offense for sure. Um, like uh, who, like Joel said, though, I think when they do get down in the red zone, if it's not Kyler Murray um, running it in, then they probably will turn around and hand it to Connor. So, um, but that's always been the story with him. Um, but I do think this year, you know, where Emmons is going, we could end up seeing him, um, you know, return great value uh, where he's going in drafts for sure. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like Austin Eckler light. And I think that's obviously Eckler, I think, is a far better player than Edmonds is, but they're kind of a similar like build. They're a similar sort of style player. And I think what we saw from Eckler kind of breaking out a couple of years ago is like best case for Edmonds. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think Edmonds is going to be like an RB1, but I think that's that's kind of the mold of player that I'm drafting for when I'm getting Edmonds. And Brett says, I like Edmonds better than Kareem Hunt and around later. Um, Matt Thotical, you uh, you subscribe to this? So, which players? Oh, sorry, I just picked. So, Edmonds and Kareem Hunt. Um, those are two players I'm avoiding in most drafts. Uh, so, okay. Edmonds is not going to be picking up any more additional work. If anything, he's going to be losing targets. Where does he pick up additional targets than he did last season? He was bad in the lead role, but he was good in his secondary slot the problem you have is that Kenyon drake departs over for L, uh, for las vegas right the problem is that james connor is a guy who when stays healthy he's on pace to catch in the last three years around like 50 balls Kenyon drake was not a threat in that department you also had a big portion of the early part of the season lose offensive line work to Connor murray he really you know came across that towards the end of the year and pick up rushing work uh james connor is one of the better i think values right now currently in drafts Chase Edmonds is getting a little bit overdrafted. Kareem Hunt, 48% of his work came last year in the fourth quarter. I don't really particularly like drafting a running back who's going to be used as a closer. Nick Chubb, you know, even missing that time, same thing. We didn't see Kareem Hunt do very effectively in that lead role. He would do better, I think, on another offense where you can get him as the sole back and you can get the primary focus, but he didn't even really see a good amount of receiving work as well. Uh, currently, there's two players I think are getting a little bit Pushed up. I'm I very much am out on Cream Hunt. Chase Edmonds, I think James Conner, where he's going, typically a round or two later, I think is a better pick. Um, one of those backfields where over there with Denver. Denver, I still think Javante Williams, I don't think should be going ahead of Melvin Gordon. So Jay, great pick there on Melvin Gordon. I think uh, early on in the offseason, we saw that the the work, the the real talk out of camp was Javante Williams a lean back. We like this. That Melvin Gordon has shown that he's been the primary hey, player. Clayton, you're on the clock just as a reminder. Yes. Uh, and had a good and has had a good offseason so far. Uh, Melvin Gordon was actually pretty effective overall what he could do last year. Um, does Jonte Williams take over at some point? Sure, but who knows if that's week seven, nine, four. You know, we can't really say that at any single point. Uh, I think Melvin Gordon right now is a very good draft value. Uh, see how long that lasts for the season. But um, them and the San Francisco guys, uh, same thing. I can only go with what the coaches are telling me, and you can try and read the tea leaves. At least Trey Sermon, oh, I, I think, that. is. 
more, you know, inclined to work, uh, to take primary work, but Javante Williams wasn't even as like a primary running runner in, in college. Um, everyone was talking with Heath Cummings and Dave Kluge about this. We all kind of agreed that uh, Javante Williams currently getting a little bit overdrafted and for people in, uh, in this off season. Yeah. Uh, Disagree. Jay. <laughs> Jay, you got Melvin Gordon and Damian Harris, which I love for the way that you're building your team. Um, because I think that is going to give you a floor with your Etienne pick. Um, and Harris still has a ton of upside. So talk to us about those two players and, and how they fit your team and why you took them before you did. Yeah, with my running back core the way it was, have to kind of grab some guys in the middle here. And I really like my stack of wide receivers. So Gordon, that fell. I'm not a huge Gordon guy, but at that point, I liked where I was getting him. Um for what Matt says, he's he's going to be involved early. We'll see when Javante takes over. I love Javante, but Gordon's definitely going to be involved. And then Harris is just a not the greatest PPR guy, but in this range here, he should get a good amount of volume uh, on that Patriots team. They're always interesting how how they use their backs, but I like you know I think they, he's their preferred guy. Um, the, the question will be, does he get more goal line carries this year? Cam kind of killed him last year in terms of when they got close. So we'll see what happens there. But I like kind of getting more pieces here for my running back uh, stable. Yep, I like it. God damn it, Evan. <laughs> Evan's, on, Evan's on everybody's queue, I think. All right. I like his Anderson Evan. pick quite a bit. Evan's right round seven, Robbie Anderson pick. Just like I just said with the, the Arizona running backs, I think the wide receivers in Carolina, Robbie Anderson, I like a lot this year. I think it's a great pick. I agree. I agree. I think Anderson going three rounds after DJ Moore, I think they've got almost even similar outlooks. for. Yeah, same tier for me. I love that yeah. Anderson pick. Evan really yeah. nailed it with that one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, going I'm there. Happy. Go ahead. Uh, I, I was just happy that Jay took three running backs I really don't like because somebody had to. <laughs> <laughs> I really would have considered Harris there, though, if he had made it back for sure. Um, I went Tanyan because I do – well, it's kind of quarterback and, and tight end heavy here um, based off of ADP. Um, and this is the – as we talked about last night, the tight end wasteland. So I'm going to reach above them and take the guy that I want in Tanyan. That's um, smart. Oh my God, Matt Kelly, did you just take who I think you did? Yes, you did, Matt Kelly. You get the solo screen. Um, <laughs> you get. All right. Hold on. He deserves it. That's. Oh, I can't do it because. Uh, hold on. Remove. <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. Oh, it's not. <laughs> what? The... Oh, that's why. Hold on. Here, I'll get. I'll get there eventually, people. Hold on. <laughs> It's still not letting me do it. Okay, Matt, Kelly. Um, Take a bow, baby. Go ahead. Talk to us about Elijah Moore because I absolutely love that pick. And at 8-11, right after Corey Davis, hit me with the goods, man. I love that pick. Yeah, Clayton and I have been all over Elijah Moore as we've been going through uh, through our mock draft Mondays, and he's just a player that – you see what the Jets are doing with him in camp. They're already moving him all around. Um, he's not just going to be a slot guy. It's only, you know, it's Corey Davis. It's uh, uh, Jameson Crowder there. I'm, I mean, those guys are great, you know, kind of pieces around, but they're not true number ones. Elijah Moore, man, I think he has the goods to go ahead and be the true number one there for the Jets, and I'm getting him in the eighth round, so love it. Yep. No, Did you guys hear that Denzel Mims is on the roster bubble? Yeah. yeah, he's been running with the twos and threes, man. He's like the wide receiver six is what I've seen, which is <laughs> incredible. Um, 
keep sleeping on so, Mims, guys. Just keep sleeping. <laughs> they're sleeping I on mean, him too because I, I might cut him. Hey, that's actually a good move. That that's great for Mims if he gets cut from the Jets, where he doesn't really fit in from what we yeah. heard. Um, that's that's great for Mims because then they then maybe you have a team that comes around that's looking for a vertical guy that can get up and just win the ball. Saints. It's 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 just sad to see that the Jets have loaded up on volume of people instead of just giving their most talented explosive players more run. Because I don't think Keelan Cole's it. Corey Davis hasn't been the it guy ever. Yeah. Uh, Joel, you have 15 well, I seconds. I don't yeah. like anyone on the on my board right now. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kept looking at it. I'm like, I can't make any of these picks make sense to me. As long as you made a pick, it's all good, buddy. <laughs> I like Pittman a lot. I like Brady some. I I don't know. I probably shouldn't have taken him, but that's all right. Brady's 44 now. That's wild. I know. Brady's what? old enough he could be my dad. Damn it. <laughs> you get sniped all over the place, Shane. I he just wants sniped. dolphins. That's because Shane, oh, Shane yeah. likes Shane likes all the players. So everybody that gets picked <laughs> is angry that he, every he team. Can't. He doesn't like if it was up to him, he would have all 12 teams and he would just be mocking by himself. That way, oh, you, can can a, you got a much better pick in Boyd. Boyd at 9.4 is ridiculously oh, oh, good. Oh, yeah, Jeez, yeah, oh, come on. Well, okay, I, let's I talk about Tyler Boyd. That because I and Boyd, and I forgot that I actually wanted Boyd. In there, yeah, so I think you should I, solo uh, screen yourself and talk, talk to us about Tyler Boyd there, Shane. Uh, I don't know if it'll let me do that because, <laughs> because but, I um, think he's perfect. Yeah, so <laughs> just I think people are, are honestly probably sleeping on him too. Um, and like there's three teams I feel like where you've got three options at wide receiver. Um, and why not take the cheapest one? The Bengals are one of those with Boyd. Um, Burrow loves the slot too, um, or at least did last year when he was healthy. So I think Boyd, um, is going to surprise some people, but I also think Burrow can support three fantasy relevant wide receivers. Um, so, yeah, I like Boyd a lot, especially in the ninth round, I think is where I just got him, yeah. um, as my wide receiver four because uh, he's got potential to, to crack wide receiver three, wide receiver two numbers, I think. Yeah, you have um, some really high upside with Smith and Shark. So having Boyd as like a safety valve in case anything goes really wonky um, is perfect because yeah. I think everyone's like they should have took and see well to shore up that line because especially Burrow with they his name. Have. Um, if Boyd is going to be running the underneath, because just comparing the A dot, he's like three or four yards less than what uh, than what Chase and and Higgins usually are accounted for. You know, Chase in college, um, Boyd might be leading that team in in receptions uh, just based on because Burrow needs to get the ball out in like one and a half seconds. Uh, so I really think Boyd <laughs> is. If Cooks was on the board, Boyd was the one I was actually dancing around. Uh, Mooney's a good pick here too. Uh, over there for uh, for C two fantasy, but these receivers, a lot of these guys, Williams, Pittman, uh, Elijah Moore. I like Moore and Davis. I think that whole Jets offense is going to be in a, you know, we're going to be like five hundred this year. But I think in twenty twenty two, I'm really curious to see what the New York Jets look like. I think there's actual hope for that team, which hasn't been seen in like six years. Clayton Stoneburner, you just took Curtis Samuel at the nine ten. And I love that pick. So Clayton, love that pick. You are up, sir. Tell us about Curtis Samuel and why you take him here. Well, I love Curtis Samuel. I love his skill set. Uh, I loved him, you know, when he was with the Panthers. Uh, I, I think that because of 
I don't, I don't know if it was competition. I don't know if it was it was game script, but I, I don't think we saw the full extent of what Curtis Samuel can do. And I think that that in Washington, you know, with fewer offensive weapons, arguably, and and the same the same head coach who loves to utilize him, we're going to see a lot out of him. And it didn't help that at nine six and nine seven, uh, you know, my top two guys on the board got taken. So, uh. No, I, I think there's a lot of upside for Curtis Samuel on that offense, you know, especially with Fitzmagic throwing him the ball. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens with him. I am too, and I like that a lot. Um, all right, Matt McCarthy, quickly talk to us about Russell Gage because I like that pick a lot too. I think he gets hit. I, I really think he got hidden in the sleeper sort of uh, draft thing, and it's actually something I might be uh, – doing an article on because I think these the different sites are going to have different ranks. Russell Gage comes in as like wide receiver 35 for me in my ranks over okay. on Fantasy Pros and Gridiron Ratings. Um, Gallup I like a lot as well. I would have gone to get a Gage and Gallup if they both were there. Um, Gage, you were not very happy with what his 2020 was. I think more comfortability because I think he wasn't ready to be thrust into the role that he did see. You have to have more consideration for opposing defenses to look at pits and what are they going to do in terms of their offensive alignments. I consider that Gage is going to be out there primarily as their second receiver and have a second receiver on an offense that might be top five, six, seven in total pass volume. I really like. Didn't really want to go David Johnson with Brandon Cooks, but some sort of production needs to be happening in Houston, which is going to be one of the worst teams in football. So I might as well just take two darts on that. If Johnson or Cooks, we both like as individual players, you know, see what happens. Yeah, no, if either of them hits, that's uh, that's a solid pick. Um, Jay, you suck, man. Um, I was <laughs> even though I've already got Mahomes, I was really considering uh, Tannehill for the, the ultimate You're looking stack. For Tana, yeah. And then just trade um, out Mahomes. So, <laughs> great pick. We can trade. We trading in this league. Is that allowed? We can. We yeah, can we can do. Trading. Oh, yeah. Work yeah, um, yeah, this is we're rocking and rolling for this for Mahomes. Yeah, sure, I'll do it. We'll see. Um, not straight up because that's horrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like that Tannehill pick. He's sneaky. Yeah, him, Stafford, and Burrow. I was staring at there, and I. Yes, uh, and Hill there. Like Craig, that. Craig. Oh Craig. my God, Craig, you Ooh. are evil. Craig. He, he knows exactly. Yeah, we've been in enough drafts to know that that's exactly. I'm a Cowboys doing. fan too, so we we, we got a little bit. Of uh, yeah, oh yeah, but uh, yeah, but you know, <laughs> it's right in that range. Yeah. If I didn't take for it, those of you that don't going. know, Bo Bo is probably the biggest Tony Pollard fan. In all of the Twitterverse, um, outside of maybe Tony Pollard's mom, it's probably still pretty close. Actually, and, I think I'm, I think yeah, because I I talked to the because his parents run a barbecue joint in Memphis. Uh, yeah. I think I might even like Tony better than his parents do. Hell yeah! <laughs> so, and they love they love their son. They love their son. They're very supportive. Uh, but no, they I'm I'm the biggest fan of Tony Pollard there is. Yes, and Craig took him one pick before you, like the evil genius mastermind. And I I already I, I was. I kept muted until I was on deck because I knew the only person who was going to snipe me on Pollard in the 10th was going to be Craig. Yep. Um, well, Bo, you took Latavius Murray, and I actually really like that pick, especially with the MT injury right now. Um, what do you think Murray's upside is with MT being out? Uh, it's it's limitless because I actually think um, I'm not moving uh, I'm not moving Camara up. I think I have Camara at like five or six for me just because. I don't see his role changing. I, I see him as the one, only one left with a cemented 
role and and number of packages in the office. I don't see them increasing his workload just because. Uh, the guy I do see getting more work that we did see get more work when MT was out last year was Latavius Murray, especially with the receivers really not stepping up and really you don't have any talent there to step up. There we get we we can reach for all, uh, for Traquan and and Callaway all we want, but we still have very limited expectations for how good they are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think um, so. I consider there to be three like super handcuffs, maybe four, um, in the NFL. One of those is Kareem Hunt, the other one is Tony Pollard, and the third one is Latavius Murray. Murray. The fourth one is probably Alex Madison. Um, AJ Dillon I, might be. It, I, yeah, yeah Dillon, AJ Dillon is probably in consideration there too. Um, but like the thing with Madison is we've seen him kind of take over for for Cook before, and it hasn't been as good as we hoped for. Dylan, I don't know if he's going to be as good of a pass catcher if Aaron Jones goes down. Um, so those are kind of my question marks there. Um, out of those three and everyone on the panel, we're going to answer this in the order that you are. So Matt McCarthy, Jay, Evan, Joel, Craig, Bo, Matt Kelly. I can't see who's underneath you, Matt Kelly. I think I wrote he Craig. I think it's Clayton down there. Clayton. Clayton. Okay, yeah. said his name. It's me. Space. I'm hidden. hidden. <laughs> so we're going to go in that order. Which one of those three guys um, are you drafting and why? And you've got to pick one. And let's keep this to 30 seconds. So Matt McCarthy, you start. Um, and I'll be right Just back. Just run the, the three names again real quick. Yeah. Pollard, Hunt, Latavius Murray. Uh, based on where they're going, I'm most likely not going to be drafting Hunt. Uh, I said I'm pretty out on what he is as an overall player compared to where you need to draft him. Because again, the fifth round, fourth round, whatever it may be, I think his upside is dramatically reduced about that sort of uh, where you need to take him. I don't like that at all. Um, in terms of where they're going, most likely, Pollard, I think... Dallas is really liking what he's uh, shown in camp, and they've liked him for a few years. They're trying to limit back on Elliott having 25, 30 carries a game. It just makes sense. He's one; He is the most used running back over the last three, four, five seasons. Uh, so I think Pollard has a good chance to get enough work in that he might even show up in people's flexes quicker than not. Cool. Jay, Pollard, Hunt. Who'd you pick, we'll Matt? Was it Pollard? Or- Pollard was my favorite. Pollard, the, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'd, Hunt would be the one that I don't see the, the value in early on. I w- wouldn't be him for me. Really close between Murray and Pollard. I will lean slightly Murray here, I guess, uh, just over Pollard. I, I think he's also a guy you can kind of play. They're going to have to run the ball a ton this year with uh, just a different situation there um, without Jabriz anymore, with no Michael Thomas. So. And we've seen Murray get it done before when he, you know, if he has to step in for Kamara at all, he can put up big games as well. Saw that with Pollard too. So it's really similar tier here, but I will edge Murray just over Pollard. Damn it, Craig. Great pick. Yeah. He's ruthless, man. <laughs> he, he, you could have taken him, but you wanted Marquise Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's terrible. That's your fault. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, that's, that's, that's boo this man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Evan. Boo. Howard Hunt, Latavius Murray. Um, It would be Hunt if you could, you know, get him later, but he's going too soon. So um, it's going to be Pollard for me. Uh, 
kind of to what um, Matt said, I mean, he's spot on. They've already said they're trying to, um, you know, kind of reel back on on Elliott's uh, workload and try to preserve them for as long as they can. Um, and Pollard has standalone value anyway. I mean, they like him. He's going to get enough work that uh, I think he has some good standalone value, especially as late as you can get him. So it would be Pollard for me. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, fuck Joel. you, Jay. Fuck you, Jay. I had to do it. So I knew you were going to take it. So <laughs> fucking hard. Oh, man. I said last night I was going to take him. Oh, no. That's an amazing. <laughs> I, I am the unsnipable, I believe, but I have been sniped once in my you, life. You wrote an article, there. but I had to. I, I knew he was gone there. I was like, I got to do it. God, that was beautiful. That's, yeah, uh, that's no that's knowing who you're drafting with, man. And I am I am part of the game. Part of the game. Uh, good pick, Jay. All right, Joel. Um, <laughs> who's your three out of the super handcuffs? Yeah, uh, Irv Smith's think... there. I can see Irv Smith. Irv Smith's good too. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> 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 oh, disaster averted. <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted on the way back around for sure. Oh man, um, Shane. I think kind of like what other people are saying. I think Hunt is the best of these three. I think Hunt is gonna, you know, have the highest ceiling and the highest value. But he's being drafted five rounds ahead of him. Like it's people know that, right? And so I think yeah. between the three at cost, I would probably take. I'd probably take Pollard um, just because kind of to other people's points, like, I don't know. I have a lot more faith in Kamara than I do in Elliot just because I, I think Elliot's, I don't know. He's not going to be good forever. And he has so many touches that he's gotten in his career. And I think he, he's going to slow down this year or next year. And I think Pollard, as soon as Zeke loses a step, Pollard's going to step in there and, the offense won't miss a beat and yeah. So I think it's Pollard. Gotcha. Um, the, the, the Craig, you've actually kind yeah. of answered the question for us with your draft pick. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to hear your yeah. thoughts on is Murray close for you? Um, cause I, I think hunt is, is out of the question for, for most of you just because of cost. Um, so let's narrow it down to Pollard and, and Murray. Uh, which one of those two, how close are they and why? They are very close, and I think they're in sort of similar situations where they're going to operate, you know, getting a larger share than a lot of the backups Craig, in the league. I have to interrupt you. This is yes. for you. Okay, <laughs> you, can't, you can't see me, I think, oh, because man. the live is over my face, but oh, this yeah, is finger? for you. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Jay's my nemesis. I'm just steaming over here. <laughs> you got Irv. Craig, fine. Craig is mine. Craig is mine oh, currently. Man. We have a rivalry week. That's gotta be. It's like uh, first first week, like second week of the season. We have the warm up game, and then yeah. second week, it's you know, yeah, rivalry. It's gotta week. be Jay. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Bo, thirty seconds on Tony Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're gonna watch him get the same, uh, the same every third series that was what the rotation was last season with uh, Zeke going two series, then top Pollard went one, and they would they would rotate with the different schemes that they would throw at him. So Kellen Moore is predictable in how he uses his players, which is nice. Uh, we can kind of get a sense for what their game plans are going to look like. But it's still – they have such a versatile playbook, and that's what I think is they're going to add 
uh, four wide sets with Pollard either at the wing or in the short slot um, and run more of uh, those long distance or uh, long yardage third down plays with Pollard in mind as a weapon in the offense rather than just flexing in for running back carries. He's going to get a lot more receiving work because his position in college was a slot receiver type H slasher role like we saw because Memphis likes to run that weird wing offense where two running backs are featured. Yeah. Okay. So I have paused the draft temporarily because I just realized we have kickers in defense. Do you guys want kickers in defense or no? Yeah, we can do it. Oh, actually, well, I'll, you know, I don't mind. I don't really, you know, it's up to y'all if you want to do kickers in defense or not. I could go either way. I, I typically don't draft them, right. but screw it. Let's do it. All right. Yeah, like I might dra- not draft a kicker, but I will roster. Yeah, what, yeah, that was going to be my thing. I don't. We don't have to draft them, right? Correct. Okay. I mean, obviously we have to roster them, but yeah. Yeah, like I rank. I do rankings for those positions. Like they exist. You know. Yeah. I. I. I mean, even exist. though I'm even though I'm at going for two, I still I still think I'm. You know. Yeah, we're not allowed to contractually. Yeah, contractually, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess my t-shirt says like kickers yeah. don't matter or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no kickers. Yeah, but I, I mean, I still think they're part of the game. Um, Can I answer NBA Rigs' question? Yeah, sure. yeah, do it. Yeah, this one. Put it up there. Yeah, he uh, Etn wasn't even comfortable catching balls out of the backfield until before last season. He he's been very honest about it, where he knows that his biggest flaw in his game is his footwork and running different routes out of the backfield and from different positions, and his hands were very natural. They still aren't. He's, he's still a body-catching uh, individual with just incredible movement and space. So you definitely want to be able to get a guy like the ball, like that, the ball in space, passing it or running it. But Tony Pollard was literally a wide receiver in college for about half of the snaps he took, and his receiving skills are natural to him. He's That's what he does, and he also happens to be extremely good at breaking tackles in his own right. So the, the skill set is they're similar size players. They're similar uh, everything you can measure, but their experience and what they do as a position for more time favors Pollard, actually. And that's why I kind of fade ETN because – they're they're rumoring him for a role that he's really not suited up for yet. Bo, you and I need to have discussions about ETN later on. Um, <laughs> Am I in time? I, I, I yeah, I love ETN um, personally. And I had I him as my running back five of the class, so that's uh, that's gross. Oh, we'll, we'll talk he's about good. He's good. But he's limited. He, he he and I don't I don't think that landing spot did, did him any favors at all. I don't either. I hate the landing spot to be completely honest with you. Um, but I think I, I think people are over or focusing too much on the fact that he admitted that he can't he wasn't comfortable catching the ball, that he wasn't good at or didn't have good footwork. Um, because he went back and he worked on that. And we saw that from a statistical um kind of story this year where his receiving work went up um, and his receiving yards and and his receiving usage went up even at Clemson. So I think he's getting there. I I won't like, I'll agree with you that like right now, maybe not, but he's getting there. And I feel like his athleticism, like you've said, is is so, so high that to me, I think that will end up playing well for him. Um, Matt Kelly, Pollard, 
or Murray. Yeah, it's going to be Pollard for me. I mean, I know it's a very small sample size, but when Zeke did miss that game, uh, Tony Pollard proved that he can ball out. As Bo mentioned, it's pretty natural to him being uh, being a receiver. So certainly in PPR, I think the edge has to go to him. And I've been on the um, I've been on the Taysom Hill going to be starting for uh, New Orleans Saints bandwagon, and so for that. I think that uh, takes off a little bit of the value to Murray. So, yeah, I'll just go ahead and opt for Pollard there. Okay. Interesting. And last but definitely not least, the Southern gentleman himself, Mr. Clayton Stoneburner. Murray or Pollard? You be Pollard all day long. Uh, how about them Cowboys? End argument. I just love hearing you talk. Just continue. <laughs> I, too. I was trying to get him. Yeah, you talk about something else. Like, yeah, Shane said, I had a good voice. I love your voice. I just, that is I, I really a southern charm. I love both of you. <laughs> Matt, you also have a good voice. Thank you. Appreciate it. I can't believe we talked uh, yeah. about Tony Pollard for a half an hour. This is unbelievable. I, I really <laughs> think I actually, actually need to go change my pants, but I don't want to leave. So. <laughs> you can't stand so, up. I'll knock the, the camera over. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm, at a, I'm at a standing desk, thankfully, because otherwise, if I, if, I couldn't raise my, if I couldn't raise my desk, I'd be in big trouble. <laughs> Uh, Matt Kelly, you took Henry Ruggs in the, I can't see round Jesus Christ, um, 11th round. I love that pick. I think, um, here's the problem though. Ruggs and the Raiders. And I think Gruden don't fit together, but I think Ruggs is very talented. So what are your thoughts on Ruggs? Why'd you take him at 11 two or wherever it was? I think it was 11 two. Yeah, I mean, Ruggs at that particular point is my wide receiver one, two, three, four, five. Um, so I'm not going to have to count on him on a weekly basis. And I can really just hopefully ha- only have to play him and, you know, some matchup based situations. And, you know, his specialty certainly is getting the deep ball. Derek Carr actually isn't horrendous at throwing the deep ball. So, no, he's actually one of the more accurate deep ball throwers in the league. He just doesn't yeah, do yeah. it enough. Yeah, so I think it might just be another year or so to really build that connection. They missed on a lot of close plays last season. And, you know, if I do have to fill in for somebody for a week and I need that upside, Henry Ruggs is going to carry that. Yep. I love that. I want to I want to point out Craig's um, pick at, uh, what is it, 13-8, Marvin Jones. That's a – I mean, that late is – the upside there is a great pick. Absolutely. Craig, talk about Marvin Jones. Well, he's just the veteran, you know, of the group. He knows how to get it done. You know, he wasn't really the focus for a while there with Galladay, but when he got Galladay, that is, got hurt. You know, Marvin Jones was able to produce. He's in an offense where, you know, most people aren't projecting to be one of the top guys, uh, given what else they have there with it. the running game and Chenault and Shark. But uh, getting him this late, you know, he's my wide receiver five. Uh, someone just mentioned about rugs not having to necessarily count on him each week. I like the stability that he brings that weight. Yeah, but he has those weeks where he'll go off and you know has the chance to win you a week. You know what I mean in the thirteenth round. So totally, totally, totally. Um, Clayton, we are going back to you because you picked. Uh, we had this discussion last night. Later, great, and for tight ends and oh damn it, Jay, my guys for a late tight end, Adam Troutman. Hit me with your Adam Troutman and why you like him. And is he your only tight end? Yes, he is your yeah, only he, tight end. 
he's my only tight end and he's the only one that I need because I mean, here you have somebody who coming out of Dayton has the, the athletic profile of an absolute breakout tight end. They, they got, you know, they didn't resign Jared cook. They didn't bring anybody else in, which means they have confidence in them. And you look at the opportunity with MT going down targets will have to be spread out. And regardless of who the quarterback is, he's going to get targets and he's going to do the most with them out of anybody you can get late. And I actually prefer him over guys in convoluted situations. Like, like in new England, I, John is great. I try to avoid him. Uh, Irv Smith, I don't know that he's going to be anything more than a touchdown-dependent tight end. I hope that's not the case, but it remains to be seen. So, yeah, Adam Troutman is a guy that I could easily finish top eight, and I, I believe that he will, and maybe even top five. So to get him get him that late, yeah, it's an absolute steal. Can I interject for one second? Sure. sure. It's, it's, it's going to be a question directed to Burner, uh, Mr. Clayton. Uh, just again, oh, I want God. To hear more, I want to hear more of him. Uh did you like drafting having Logan Thomas in 2020? What did you think of Logan Thomas last year? I think I might have had him in one league. I picked him up in a dynasty, and he wasn't horrible to have. Uh, you because know, I think Adam like Troutman is a 2021 version of Logan Thomas. Yeah. No, he was that, valuable. I mean, he coming off the waiver wire, especially in a dynasty league, he really, he really was a value last year. Yeah, you're also on the clock. That's uh, uh, that's why I didn't yeah. want to like. Because <laughs> um, Logan Thomas was, I believe, thrust into a role last year. We saw that JD McKissick as well because they were desperate for offensive production. Adam Troutman for at least five weeks until that week six by, and maybe in week seven we see Michael Thomas come back. But until that point, I think Adam Troutman is going to be looked at to fulfill a need in a. Questionable quarterback situation. We don't know how it's going to be. Technically, I think I like Taysom Hill more for Troutman if he's the listed starter, um, as I believe you can have Winston really push the ball downfield a little bit more, more accurately and better, even though we saw some accuracy issues two years ago. But then he got Lasix. Maybe you can actually see who his players are now. So let's see how that <laughs> happens. Um, but Adam Troutman, I actually really quite like um, as one of the, you know, fringe tight end ones. I do like where you got them. Um, I do I do prefer either Smith. Uh, we had a very rare double snipe on that. I mean, is Brian Edwards a snipe? I was just looking. I'm like, oh, cool. Brian Edwards is still here, and he's tall, and low A dot is good for, you know, I, I actually really do like the, the, the Raiders offense with Carr. I think Carr is consistently just looked down upon. I think it's because of his coaching staff, just not really making him be as prolific a passer as he could potentially be. Um, they just play it safe too often, and it makes them lose games. And I, I really do like Carr, and I like a lot of those receivers as late flyers for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I To your car point, I'm a little worried about their offensive line this year. Um, oh, because they, they got rid of three of the start yeah, five stars from last season. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why I don't like Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, I'm way, way, way out on. They also added Kenyon Drake, who is literally the same player. So, yeah. and they paid him the same so, money. So, yep. Uh, NBA rigged man, thank you so much for watching and for throwing these questions in there, Joel. I am throwing this question to you just because I feel like picking on you. Why do you <laughs> think guys like Logan Thomas, Tyler Higby, and Gesicki are falling so low? And Bo, you will be our follow up on this. All right. So first off, NBA rigged, you've asked some really good questions. So thank you. Secondly, um, I always try and draft a top five tight end, and then I don't need them. So 
No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I think Logan Thomas worries me because kind of like what Matt was saying, he was thrust into a role last year where it was all volume based, where like he he didn't do a lot with that volume. Like he was, I mean, he was the tight end three, right? But as far as the the volume that he got, I don't remember the numbers offhand, but he only averaged like, I don't know, seven yards a catch or something. Like he wasn't moving the ball downfield. He didn't have a lot of touchdowns. He's not like a a hugely impressive tight end prospect outside of seeing 115 targets last year. Um, Tyler Higby, I have never really liked. I, I don't know. I just feel like compared to the other guys that are going ahead of him, Tyler Higby has kind of the least upside compared to somebody like Troutman or uh, Johnny Ware Irv Smith or Logan Thomas, even um, I, yeah, I think Higby's kind of like the worst of those options. Um, Gesicki, you know, I couldn't tell you. I actually think Gesicki should be going a lot higher than he is, and he's somebody that I like. Out of those three, he's the one that I like the best. Yeah, and I think it was Matt last night um, said that uh, three of Gesicki's best games were with Tua at quarterback, yes. and Tua is now the quarterback. Yes. So, um, If I needed I, a tight end one and didn't have Irv Smith, I would have taken Gesicki over Higby. I would have probably taken both. You know what, um, two but- ones? <laughs> Because uh, because with um, with Higby, I'm chasing Stafford. I'm chasing the offense, probably yeah. production. That's what I'm doing there. Uh, as Earth, because I might even take a third tight end. Because I think tight end late. I mean, have you seen? I haven't taken a receiver in like five rounds because I think that's my optimal draft strategy this year. Is get your receivers taken care of early, fill in guys that would be looked at on the waiver wire. So guys like the, you know these tight ends. So like Kasicki, Burrow. You have a lot of guys that took two QBs in this. This is the one QB league to everyone watching, but you see a lot of people. So like Joel, you know, even with Brady, who he said he wasn't a big fan of, he picked up Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson plays cool. That's a top eight kind of quarterback. Justin Fields and Trey Lentz for Shane and uh, uh, Aggie Kapasig. I don't know what his, uh, what's his actual name, uh, Shane? Chris, Who's your friend? Right? Chris Pinto. Chris Pinto, yes. Um, they, they were the two guys that draft first two quarterbacks in this league. They both took extremely high upside rookies who they can just sit. And they don't have to care about because they have Murray and Mahomes. They love that. And I think this is important for people looking at home to say like, hey, fulfill things that would happen on the waiver wire with your last few picks. And the 15 rounds is pretty standard to what most people are going to see out there. So you're going to see, you know, double quarterbacks, multiple tight ends, running backs, take as many runs as you can. Receivers, I, I'm a lot of the teams I'm seeing there, you know, uh, they have receivers fulfilled early, you know, they're take care of that position because those late receivers, a wide receiver 55 going from 55 to 45 didn't help your team. That's waiver wire fodder. You're going to turn those guys out. Um, but having running backs so you don't have to go race for is a much better idea to have. Um, so a lot of these teams are really strong in that, in that regard for sure. Cool. 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 Um, Evan, it has been a little while since we have heard from you, but your last pick Mr. Emmanuel Sanders. I like that a lot, actually. Um, talk to about talk to us about Emmanuel. And you actually took Logan Thomas. So tell us about him too. Um, and kind of what your thinking was on those. Yeah, uh I I waited a while on tight end, you know, so I didn't really have my pick of the litter, obviously. Um, but I think you know, Logan Thomas showed enough last year that um Obviously, I punted the position. So, I mean, with in the what was it, the 13th round um, for Logan Thomas's upside in 13th round, 
Um, I'm just hoping that Ryan Fitzpatrick starts to uh, figure out how to throw to his tight ends. Um, <laughs> and uh, obviously, that's a position I'm probably going to have to work the waiver wire, maybe trade for. Um, I'm not too strong there. Uh, but out of what was left, I, Logan Thomas was uh, my favorite. Um, and then Emmanuel Sanders, uh, I mean, the the Bills, we know the Bills are going to throw a ton. Um, and he's unless you know Gabe Davis takes over as the the clear cut number two um I think Emmanuel Sanders will will be able to thrive and um do enough in that offense to easily pay off a, a round 15 pick yep I love that. um all right my pick hold on let's see here yep and then Evan I'm gonna make you answer this question too who are your guys top three defense uh Craig we're gonna also throw this to you because you are IDP anyone else in here particularly versed in IDP hell no Craig covers it over for with the GR people. I don't do that. <laughs> I have team defenses, but not like any real deep defense knowledge. All right. Craig, go ahead and an- start answering that question while Ev- well, Evan's already picked, but yeah. Craig answer that for us. And then Evan, I'm going to throw it back to you. So for me, I mean, the top two, and it, you can sort of coin flip on how you want to do them. And they're not built the same at all, but it's Washington and Tampa. Um, both of them just have what I feel is really good depth throughout, you know, all three levels and they're able to get after the quarterback one. And that's what you're looking for when you're going for team defenses, you're looking for big plays. You're not looking for, you know, a team to give up no points or something like that. Cause those teams rarely come along in fantasy like the, well, I forget the exact years, but around like 2005, Chicago Bears, you know, that sort of time frame when they were just amazing. And plus they had Devin Hester, uh, which was extremely Wasn't helpful. it in 2019 that the Patriots defense scored enough points to be a first-round pick? Yeah, they had like 13 yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. Right? Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. That, that was unreal. So, Craig, I guess the question is, is that any of these defensive defenses have that potential? And I know that was probably an outlier because of the – the amount of touch they scored more touchdowns, I think, than the offense did. Um, but is there anybody with that kind of upside from a defensive unit standpoint? If you're looking uh, overall, I mean, any of them have that potential. I, if you're talking about a, what's generally a value pick for these, I think it was if you're going in here, the first one taken off the board by Z2. But I think that Broncos defense is extremely underrated. I mean, they have an insanely stacked secondary, plus, they can get to the quarterback. You know, they have Chubb and they have uh, Von Miller, but they also have other guys. Draymond Jones was really good on their defensive line last year. Um, I think it was Malik Reed as their third outside linebacker. That was great at getting to the quarterback, too. Those are the two big things that you're looking for because those are the biggest things to create turnovers and get you those big plays on team defense. So value-wise, I mean, generally the Broncos are going a lot later, so I like them. They just happen to go sooner here. Gotcha. Uh, okay, I have to ask you a selfish question. Um, what about the Browns' defensive unit? Their linebackers concern me. Um, yep. I think they have a nice secondary, and I like what they've done with their defensive line, especially getting Clowney. They've just done a one-year deal to be across from Garrett where you know Clowney isn't going to be the main guy focused on. I, it's a similar thing where they're going to be able to get to the quarterback, and they have a nice enough secondary uh, to be able to create plays off of that pressure. I just have no clue what's going to end up happening with that linebacking core. It's been a mess for several years. And unless someone steps up there, I think that's the weakness of it. Yep. 
Nope, I like that um, and agree with that. That's why I love the J JOK pick, Jeremiah. Um, oh, what's his freaking name? Arusa Arusa. Yeah. yeah. So I like that pick. Um, so, um, but da, 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 da. okay, we are done with the draft, I believe. Look at that. Let's Look at that pretty board. Okay. Wow. Damn. Damn. Beautiful thing. All right. So yeah, Shane thought I was I was sending him messages by taking Daniel Carlson. Uh, <laughs> it was I I wasn't I actually fat fingered it because I'm I'm drafting <laughs> on my iPad and I'm looking at you guys and I was like oh I'm looking what kicker do I want and I was like I don't like any of these guys I, I just want to get this pick filled and I scrolled down I was like oh Matt Prater might make some more long field goals and I went to hit Matt Prater and hit. Carlson on accident. <laughs> I'm not, hey, I'm not shaken up about it. <laughs> Carlson will be a, a pretty good, pretty good pick for you because that Raiders offense is going to stall out because they suck. that's what the Raiders do. That's what they're they do. suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, Carlson, Carlson was the kicker number three last year in standard scoring. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm okay with the pick, especially he's indoor indoor kicker. You have more fair weather games, especially as the season advances. Um, I'm, I'm all for it. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this was the FF Expo at home draft night in. I greatly appreciate all of you for joining I'm at us home. today. This backdrop is home. my, it's, it's my backyard. That's my backyard. It's at, at the pool. So, <laughs> Very nice. Um, thanks again. And make sure you tune in tonight. Send us your questions. We've got some, we need more. Send us your questions. Thanks. Wonderful. Mm -hmm.